Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello fellow Kith and welcome to another episode of the World of Aeora, aiming to bring you the news and lore of the Pillars of Eternity games as well as Avowed, the upcoming game developed by Obsidian Entertainment. For those not aware of why we're linking Pillars of Eternity and Avowed together, it's because they share the same fictional world together, the world of Aeora. And so as the theory goes, if we dive into the mechanics, lore, and history of Pillars of Eternity, it'll give us some insights into Avowed as it undergoes development. As well, it gives us an opportunity to geek out about some games that we already love. Join me today as we discuss some metaphysical properties of the world of Aeora. I'm talking about the wheel and Adra, the soul, and the science of animancy. Now, I will give a heads up right here at the beginning. There are going to be some spoilers for the Pillars of Eternity games. I'll point out where in the episode that it's going to be and let you know how far to skip ahead if you want to miss those parts. Some of them are going to be minor, but there are going to be a couple major spoilers, especially for the Pillars of Eternity 2 game. But again, you can listen to a lot of this episode. I'll let you know when to skip certain parts. As always, since we have no new news to go on, let's dive straight into the lore. She casually tosses a card on the table. It lands crookedly in front of you. The illustration features a great wooden wheel. So let's start this discussion by discussing something called the wheel. The wheel is the name which is ascribed to a naturally occurring phenomenon within the world of Aeora. This naturally occurring phenomenon is also called the cycle of rebirth, which is just a very spiritual way of referring to a type of reincarnation. And that's what the wheel is. At least that's what that title is ascribed to. How it works is like this. A creature's body will eventually die. And when that body dies, the soul that's attached to it will uncouple from the body. To make a long story very short, the soul will then pass on to the capital B beyond where the gods are, and it'll spend a time there before eventually returning to the mundane physical world of Aeora into a new body to form new experiences and memory. Now that is a very quick elevator pitch on what the wheel is, but it's a lot more complicated than that. For instance, we don't really understand how the soul attaches to a body in the first place, or how it even uncouples. Like, what causes this process to move forward? Currently, we know that the god Bereth oversees the process, and that its existence necessitates the wheel. In fact, Bereth is so often associated with the wheel that it's just referred to colloquially as Bereth's wheel. But still, that doesn't answer the question of how it all works. And to be able to fully understand it, we're probably going to have to take a few steps back to look at the soul, as well as a unique resource called Adra, and take a little bit of an introductory look at the science of animancy. But for now, let's take a deeper look at the process of the wheel. So as I mentioned, a creature will die and the soul uncouple. Once the body dies and the soul is uncoupled from the body, Through playing Pillars of Eternity 2, your character who can interact with some wandering spirits, and that's not much of a spoiler by the way, that's something that just inherently is part of your character, you can engage with some of these spirits and you can note that they see the world in this sort of gray fashion. Everything is seemed to have the color drained out of it, and it's almost like there's a mist or a fog over everything. And so a soul wandering aimlessly without a body attached to it just sees this world as a very mundane, gray, mistful world. But there are a few things that stand out like giant beacons of light. 
And, you know, as the old trope goes, if you want to fully die, you walk towards the light. And it's the same in Aeora. There are a few different things that these beacons of light could be. So let's say that your body has died, and the soul that you had attached to your body has left your body and is wandering around the world in this kind of colorless, mistful area. But there are a few things in the distance that you spot that are like these giant shining beacons of light. One of the first things that you think could happen is that perhaps the soul will turn around and run away, try to avoid it. There's a theory going around that perhaps this is why there are some specters or phantoms or shadows that occur in some areas. There are definitive reasons for why those creatures exist in the bestiary. This is potentially one of them, where a soul just avoids all these beacons of light in the first place. Now, this is mostly speculative. I will qualify that. But let's assume that your soul goes toward the light. Now, what is the thing that you might see? It's generally going to be one of two things, although it's coming from the same type of energy. What your soul is probably seeing is soul energy. And so you might be seeing a person who shines like a bright light. And this person could be what's called a watcher. A watcher is a person who has the innate ability to interact with souls. It's almost like their soul is an extension of their body, like another muscle that they can pull. And these watchers who have their soul capabilities, they shine like other spirits wandering around, probably because of the powerful soul that they have themselves. Another thing that you might see is an amassing of souls. So if you saw a lot of other spirits in one person, for example, that person would probably shine brighter. Or, if theoretically speaking, a deity were to manifest physically in the world, you would probably see that creature, that manifestation, wandering around as a bright, bright beacon of light. These are just three ideas that pop off the top of my head of something that your soul might see wandering around, uncoupled from its previous body. But another thing that you'll definitely see that's shining brightly in this sea of fog are these pillars of Adra. Now, this is where we need to take our first step back. What is Adra? What is this Adra we talk about? Well, in the Pillars of Eternity games, you have the iconic imagery of these tall pillars of jade-like crystal that jet out of the ground like fingers coming out from underneath the surface of the earth. These pillars are probably the Pillars of Eternity that the game references. And these crystalline structures are what Adra is. It's a unique resource in this world that Obsidian created for its games. The thing that makes Adra stand out in the world is not just its size, which oftentimes you'll find pillars of this stuff in gargantuan ratios. It could be the size of a full building or even a skyscraper from our own earthly understanding. And it's not just the luminescent quality of the green hue it gives off, especially if you're in the dead fire and you were to run into what's called luminous Adra, which is bright green. No, the unique thing about Adra is that it has a propensity to carry and transfer soul energy. And so what do I mean by soul energy? What I mean by soul energy is this thing called capital E essence. It's the stuff that your soul is made of in this world of Aeora. You know how like your body and my body is made of carbon? It's made of physical matter. Well, the soul is made of essence. That is the matter of which a soul is comprised of. And Adra has this unique ability to conduct essence like copper wire does with electricity. If you had soul essence, the soul energy, touch one end of Yadra, it could travel through Adra to the other side of it. 
This starts to get a little bit interesting and intriguing when you start to consider that there is a theory within the world of Aeora that there is only one large piece of Adra that intertwines throughout the entire planet. People in the world don't have the technology to dig far underneath the surface of Aeora, so they can't really confirm this. It's just a theory. Because these veins of Adra that jet out of the ground like massive pieces of jade, they seem to just go miles and miles underground, and they've found them connecting, I would imagine, from one place to another. And it's just a theory, but it seems like something that most people accept is true. And it makes you wonder, if your soul is uncoupled from your body because your body died, and it goes to touch one of these Adra, which is conductive to your soul's matter, to your soul's essence, if all the Adra is connected, then where would your soul go to? And that's the theory behind what's going on with the wheel, is that the essence of your soul, the, the actual material that your soul is made of, in a sense, approaches this beacon of light, this Adra that is shining ethereally from your perspective. And whether you get close to it or you actually have to physically, well, non-physically touch it with your essence, it doesn't really matter. Either way, the soul approaches the Adra and is pulled into it, at this point, we have nothing but speculation to offer. But as the theory goes, the soul travels through these Adra pillars, down, down deep into Aeora. And at some point, it passes through the Shroud, a capital S Shroud, which is the barrier between the physical world and the non-physical world, where the deities are. And this actually leads me to wonder something. Is Adra a multi-dimensional object? You know, if it's in the physical world and a soul goes to touch it, and it's traveling through Adra, passes through the Shroud, and ends up in the beyond where the gods are. Does that mean that Adra is present in both the non-physical and the physical world? Is it transdimensional? I don't know. That's an interesting idea. I know that when you're playing one of the DLCs for Pillars of Eternity 2, you end up in kind of one of these ethereal planes, and you can see what looks like roots of Adra coming from above the screen, you know, theoretically miles above everything else. And it makes you wonder, does Adra exist materially and non-materially and somehow connect those two realms together and that's how everything operates? I don't know. I, like, that's if this theory is true about how everything works. And it's just a little bit of speculation on my part. But regardless, your soul travels through this Adra, passes the shroud, and ends up in a place where the gods are. And it's at this point that it spends a time there with the deities. Now, this is where there's going to be a bit of spoilers for the Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire game. There is a piece of lore that we find out near the end of the game. It's not a narrative-breaking detail, but it is a detail about how the wheel works and part of the purposes behind it. And so if you don't want to know that without finding out yourself, I would say skip ahead about 20 seconds. But the soul will go through the Adra and end up where the gods are. And this entire process fractures the soul. It splinters off some of the essence, and this is referred to as entropy. And this splintered essence that comes off feeds and sustains the gods like food, which is where they get their sustenance from. So that's the end of the spoiler. So your soul is there with the gods for some time. And after a while, due to a sort of lottery, your soul will eventually be returned. Or, if it's not a lottery, it'll be one of the gods that sends your soul back to go into a specific body. Interestingly enough, Remergon does this with the Pale Elves. Whenever a Pale Elf dies and the soul leaves that body, and it goes down through the Adra to where he is, I suppose, if that's how you want to use the words, 
Eventually, he returns those same souls to another pale elf body. And this is unprecedented in the world of Aora, where it's seemingly random where souls can end up from one side of the planet to the other. So we're not really sure why Rimurgand is doing this, although there are some speculative ideas as to what's actually going on. Now, one interesting idea that I want to stop and talk about here is this impact that it could have on Avowed. I have a really big hope that in the game of Avowed, we will have some sort of say into our character's past life. Because theoretically speaking, whatever character we play in Avowed should have past lives. And I would hope that those past lives somehow impact the way our character plays through the story of the game. Maybe it's a DLC or something too. Maybe after the base game, Obsidian released DLC that explores our character's backstory. But I've always had this, this dream that they would somehow include it into the character creation that we could choose from several different backgrounds that inform the way we play the game or how we interact with souls in some sort. I don't know exactly how it would work, but still, it would be really fascinating to see how our past lives interact with our character that we're playing in the game of Avowed. But anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the imagery of the wheel. And so your soul will return from the beyond back to Aeora and enter into a new body, presumably one that's in the womb, I would imagine, or newly born. And that is essentially what the wheel is in a nutshell. Again, there's a lot about it we don't know, and I've put forward a lot of speculation, but we got the basic parts of what's going on here. The body dying, the soul leaving the body, going through the Adra, and getting to where the gods are, however that works, and then returning back to Aura, entering into a new body. This is a natural phenomenon in the world, I've already pointed that out. It's existed in the world as far back as Animancers can tell, and it's very, very closely associated with Bereth. But there is one key detail about the wheel that I have failed to mention at this point for spoiler reasons. And so I would consider this next spoiler to be a major one. So if you don't want to have a major plot point of Pillars of Eternity 2 spoiled for you regarding the wheel, I would say skip ahead about 30 seconds. But as I've mentioned, Bareth and the wheel are often so closely associated that it's just referred to as Bareth's wheel. But the thing about this is, is that Bareth was not always overseeing the wheel. It was not always overseeing the processes of it. And because of Bareth's involvement in keeping the wheel alive, it now relies on the god to operate. The wheel cannot operate on its own anymore. And so if Bareth were to cease overseeing the wheel, it would cease to function, essentially. But let's return to that end part of the wheel for just a second, where the soul leaves the beyond where the gods are and returns back into a body on the planet of Eora. I want to focus in on that moment of when the soul enters into another body. It's your unique mixture of soul and body that creates the unique person. And that's one distinction to make completely, is that the soul is not you. You are a mixture of the body that you have and the soul that you have. Because, as I've just explained, the soul stays consistent from one life to another. And yet, the previous life of a soul is not you. That was a different person, right? But you are clearly you, and you have the same soul as someone in the past life had. So really, it's the unique combination of the two that make the unique person. This is a, it leads to an interesting idea of identity. And it also leads to the question of, like, what is the soul in this world? Like, what does it actually contribute that makes you the unique person that you are? Well, in looking at a forum post by Josh Sawyer, who is the lead game writer and designer for Pillars of Eternity, he describes the soul as the seat of consciousness, memory, and personality. 
Which is why if your soul fragments, and that is some of the essence ever gets torn off or the essence breaks down or somehow gets broken from the rest of its core essence, you can start to experience soul afflictions. This will usually take the form of memory loss or conflicting memories from past lives. You can have personality disorders of some sort or complete lack of personality or heightened personality in certain situations as well as consciousness, you might lose your moral compass, or you might have a heightened moral compass. Having a fractured soul can lead to any of these maladies, which is something that the science of animancy aims to solve. Now, I've thrown this word around a couple times now, animancy, but we haven't really discussed it at length, and we're not going to be able to do it here because animancy has such a history and such a depth to it that we really can't do it justice by sitting here and giving it a five-minute spiel. But I'll give you a little introduction to it before we dive into it later on. The best way to describe animancy is that it is the science of the soul. I find that this is the most accurate colloquial way of addressing what it is, but it is a little bit misleading. Because the science of the soul makes it sound like they test the soul's behavior and that they, you know, will gauge the weight or gloriness of your soul or something like that, you know, which is probably true. There's something that animancy would do, but that makes it sound more like, um, it makes it sound more like a psychology, whereas animancy is more like neuroscience in the sense that it's trying to measure the actual matter of the soul. And so the actual definition of animancy is that is the academic study of essence, capital E, essence. That, that's the stuff, if you remember, that's the stuff that your soul is actually made out of. And so animancy aims to learn what all of the properties are of essence. Animancers will study how the soul moves from one body to another and how it moves through Audra. It's through experimentation with Audra as well as some machines that animancers have been able to supplant one soul from a body into another. And as animancers have made new discoveries with luminous Audra that it can house more souls and transfer more soul energy from one place to another, it's really opened up the academic field of animancy. It's almost like the invention of the transistor for computing technology, that luminous Audra has changed the way animancers experiment and has changed the way that animancers perform their experiments with the soul. However, it's experiments like these that have led to the creation of things like the undead. And so when you see an undead skeleton walking around, it's likely the result of animancy experiments gone rogue in the area, or just the byproduct of performing animancy, or doing magic that has to do with soul maladies. But animancy is a really interesting field for more than just trying to study essence at the very least. They also try to peer into a soul's past and to be able to look at past lives of a person. The Knights of the Crucible, a faction that you run into in Pillars of Eternity 1, actually hire animancers to look into the past lives of an applicant wishing to join the ranks. And they do this to test the purity of the person to see whether or not they are worthy of joining their ranks. You have to have a pure life before the one you were living as well as the one you currently are living. That's a high standard of purity to live up to, something the Adirians would probably take hold of, considering that they value purity as, as one of their main core values. And you think about this for a second. If you can look into the past life of a person, how far back could you go? Can you go back one past life? Can you go back two? Can you go beyond that? What if you were able to look at the earliest life of somebody? If you were able to go to the very first life that that person, that that soul had lived, what if you were able to try to look further back? What would you see? And perhaps it's that that the Ingwithans did when they were searching for creator gods back when they were, 
you know, a society on the planet. Because it says in the lore that the Ingwithans were looking for the creators. There was a lot of religious wars going on at the time that they were alive. Perhaps this is the way that they were doing that research, that they were looking into the past lives of people all the way back to the very beginning. I wonder what kind of things they would have found or not have found, depending on what they were expecting. Animancy is one of the core themes of the Aeoran world. Whether you're playing Pillars of Eternity 1 or 2, and very likely Avowed, Animancy is going to be something that you're going to have to run into and deal with. Not just as a player character, but as a player. You're going to have some moral decisions to make in the game, very likely. You do in Pillars 1 and 2 for sure, where you have to decide what is appropriate with Animancy or not when you're dealing with this science, which could affect a person's very soul. And so I would expect with Avowed that we're also going to be doing the same thing, that we're going to be running into animancers, we're going to be running into groups of animancers, we're going to be running into people that are against animancy in general, and we're going to have to kind of walk the line there and, you know, where the, that tension is between the two factions. But I imagine at some point we're going to have to take sides on what do we feel about animancy? How do we think it should be regulated in the world how, or practiced? And what is ethical and what is not? What are the implications of animancy? You know, what does it mean when a group of people can perform experiments like this or have that kind of knowledge about the world? But that's going to have to be a discussion for another day. As I mentioned, animancy is such a big topic and it's a big part of what makes Aora have its flavor that it's really going to take some time for us to dive into it on its own episode. Today, I mainly wanted to talk about the wheel and its connection to the Adra and Soul as a good foundation for moving forward on these topics in the future. So that's where we're going to cut it off today. I thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give me a rating and a review if your podcast platform allows it. It helps me get better as well as other people find this podcast. As well, if you'd ever like to get a hold of me, either to leave a comment or have something read out on the show or to just chat with me or ask a question about the game or thoughts or have a conversation, you can reach me on Twitter at World of Aora. You can email me directly worldofaora at gmail.com. And if you're on Reddit, you can search up my username, Gingerino. I'm always up for a chat. Tune into the next episode where I'm planning on diving into one of the other gods, perhaps Hylia because of her connection to the Adir, or maybe Wudika, one of the other gods that we saw from the Avowed Reveal trailer. But there's a plethora of other things that need to be talked about. I'm also considering doing something about disposition and priests and paladins. Uh, we'll see. I'd like your guys' feedback. If there's topics that you guys want me to cover at all on this show, again, reach out to me through Twitter, email, or on Reddit. I'd be happy to oblige. Anyways, that's all I got for today. I'm your host, Gingerino. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.